Welcome to Mandy the ABA and Aditi the OT's podcast. We are two women across two time zones from two cultures, two allied health fields offering two very different perspectives. Yet we have a common goal of breaking down barriers and creating breakthroughs to promote interprofessional collaboration. Intro, the who, what, where, and why of our podcast. So who is this for? Well, it's sort of for any allied health professional. Of course, it's for OTs and behavior therapists. But if you are a professional who is working with students or clients with physical, sensory, behavioral challenges, we certainly have information to share with you. If there are aspects of OT and ABA that bother you or you simply don't understand, this is the podcast for you. Or perhaps you're struggling with addressing sensory versus behavioral issues with your client. This is the podcast for you. If you're just curious of what OT and ABA contentious hullabaloo is all about, well, this is the podcast for you. If you're seeking a way to articulate the value of your profession to those naysayers as an OT and ABA, this is the podcast for you. Or perhaps you're simply on a journey of building bridges to provide better care. This is the podcast for you. But remember, like so many things that are valued but difficult to attain, such as fine wine or even marriage, effective teamwork collaboration is an art as much as it is science. It requires a great deal of practice, patience, and nurturing to flourish. That is exactly what we hope to provide in this podcast. Just once in a while or now and again, but as often as possible, we want to create a platform to break down those barriers and start creating breakthroughs in our respective fields. So Aditi, that's what we are. This is what we're not. We're not here to make each other wrong. We come from two very different fields with different underpinnings, but I do think a lot could be gained by listening to each other. We're not here to give advice to your clients. Our clients often present with complex needs and present with very specific histories that require individualized advice. And lastly, we're not here to be perfect. Adina and I call ourselves scientist practitioners in that we're making discoveries as we teach and practice. But many of our clients present with complex behaviors and a long history of different interventions. And we don't profess to be experts in all of them. So what exactly is this odd duo up to, you might be thinking? What is this podcast all about? Well, first of all, it's about collaboration. It's about offering different perspectives to a therapeutic scenario. How wonderful would it be if you as an OT could get some insight on managing challenging behavior, or if you as a behavior therapist can gain understanding of physiological, neurological limitations with your client. There's so much we can learn from each other. And for those of you who are getting hot and bothered by the sheer notion of listening to each other's perspectives, this is a podcast where we break down barriers in communication and create a space for a common language of an understanding, if you will. We will discuss concepts and terms to enlighten therapists from both sides of the fields so we can share a common understanding of each other's therapeutic terms. For example, what does it mean when she says Johnny needs proprioceptive input? or when a behavior therapist discusses the importance of differential reinforcement. Whether you're a behavior therapist or an OT, we want to make your life easier. That's our goal. Easier with clients, easier with parents, and with each other. Why? So you no longer have to dismiss each other or stare each other down across the conference table. You will now have the tools and knowledge to spark that conversation of mutual understanding and respect. 
please know that while Mandy and I have 40 years of experience between us, we aren't just about offering you our perspectives, but we'll certainly invite guests from both fields to help us in this endeavour, researchers, faculty, practitioners, specialists, and thought leaders across both fields. Thirdly, we're about creating breakthrough in both fields by sharing our methods of collaboration with you. It is really about showing you that we're truly practicing what we preach. Mandy and I have a working relationship where we too gain knowledge, expand our skill set, and develop a shared understanding of terminology, which we indefinitely will share with you in hopes of providing a sort of roadmap to inform your practice, possibly transform clinical outcomes, and inevitably expand our collective reach in the community. Now, there's no doubt that the research is very clear in collaboration practices for OT and ABA, and it's truly transformational results. But we want to show you that it can and does indeed work by sharing our collaborative case studies with you. Lastly, what this podcast is about, it's the space for collaborative resources. Not only do we hope that at a minimum, our conversations will inspire you to reach out and talk to each other, but we hope to be the go-to place to access tips, strategies when you might be struggling with a particular intervention or aspect of therapy. Whether it's data collection or sensory solutions, we aspire to be the hub of such resources. But we won't stop there. We will also offer deeper dives. This is a forum where we delve further into specific topics of interest covered in our podcast. You certainly want to stay tuned for that. So who are we? Well, the first word that comes to mind when I think of my co-host Mandy is the word powerhouse. That's the adjective everyone used to describe Mandy. Then when I met her in person, I absolutely understood why. Mandy, can you share a little bit about yourself? I guess empowered rather than um, powerhouse is a word that I can relate to. And I'm certainly empowered by the journey that I've been on with my own daughter through the field of behavior analysis and the extraordinary work that I've been lucky enough to come in contact with. <laughs> I'm a board certified behavior analyst from Perth, Australia, about 10,000 miles from UATD. And I've been working in this field for 15 years managing to combine my two great loves of kids and sprinting and still getting away with it. I come from a corporate background, having worked in finance for nearly two decades before I discovered applied behavior analysis, or I'm just going to refer to it as ABA, after my youngest daughter was diagnosed with autism at about 22 months of age. I was the last person who was able to sit the behavior analyst certification board exams with a non-health related qualification. So with a master's majoring in international tax law, I think I can claim to be the only tax behaviorist in the world. Oh, yes, I <laughs> blame it here. So. Way. <laughs> I'm the clinical director of Fit Learning in Australia. I have three learning centers in Perth, a base in Melbourne, at least prior to COVID. And I work with a broad range of clients, some on the autism spectrum. And I'm passionate about affecting profound change through the use of precise measurement. Many of the clients I work with have or are working with OTs, hence this podcast. Tell us about your story, Aditi. Well, um, I am Dr. Aditi, the OT from Chicago. I've been practicing for, oh, 
gobs of years, 25 years or so. Variety of settings, NICU, hand therapy, early intervention. I currently work in the school setting and am also an adjunct faculty member for OT. I've always had a passion for IPC, you know, collaborating with speech therapists, ABAs, anyone. I really do believe in collaboration. And so I actually got into OT because I did not get into med school. <laughs> Real shocker, right? An Indian aspiring to be a doctor. Well, that was just the cultural dimension in my life at that time. So OT was supposed to be my sort of interim degree while I waited to get into med school. And sadly to say, it was like considered a consolation prize, I guess. But once I started, oh my gosh, I never looked back. It was truly by default, but it was indeed my calling. I do recall though, my first half existence of being an OT, I spent so much time telling people what we did. And although OT has been around for over a century, helping people engage in meaningful occupations with really transformative results, very few people knew what we did. And that was really disconcerting. Then OT sort of gained notoriety with the acknowledgement of sensory processing disorder in autism. And this is where OT and ABA started crossing paths. And I really felt that. So in a sense, it was helpful because now people knew us, right? We garnered more awareness. But it seemed to be the primary and only thing we became known for. And that brings me to the second half of my professional life, which is spent explaining that OT is so much more than sensory processing and defending the value of OT to various health professionals, but specifically ABA therapists. So not surprisingly, I especially noticed, you know, the discontent between OT and ABA during this time. And that's what ignited the passion for doing this. So Mandy, actually, you came into the picture a little later because I met you through Fit Learning. Do you remember our first phone call, Mandy? I absolutely do. We were introduced by Dr. Nick Behrens, a founding director of Fit Learning, as we uh, were both, I guess, in the early stages of our careers at Fit Learning. I originally found my way to ABA when my youngest daughter was diagnosed. I'll call her Juju. And she was diagnosed, yeah, very, very early on. I guess I describe her as having the type of autism, being classic dense autism. For anyone that knows what that is, they'll know exactly what I mean. And yeah, Juju has taken me on a journey literally around the world. I could never have imagined the extraordinary people, you amongst them, Aditi, that I would meet on this incredible journey that profound learning challenges often takes a parent on. And while I would reverse my daughter's autism in a heartbeat, if I could, I'd never take back the journey that I've been on, the lessons that I've learned over the past 16 years. I came from a professional background, so I was good at managing large and complex projects. And Juju really took that to another level. She was a project that didn't sleep or eat, and she screamed and had really bad self-injury. So it was really, you know, something quite incredible to um, to be living with. I guess I have really wanted to find out and make sense of what was happening for her because she was a, a child that regressed with autism and initially had developed, you know, quite typically. And eventually I found my way to explain her behaviour when I found applied behaviour analysis. And I guess the three most important words that I discovered in reading my way through a science that, you know, has been going for more than 100 years can be summarized into the consequence matters. 
In other words, what happens after a behaviour determines if it's going to happen again. And that really helped me understand, you know, what was causing my daughter's behaviour. I guess as behavioralists, we can make things so complicated, both for professionals and for parents. And of course, I see things from both perspectives. We use complex terms and very specific definitions, and sometimes we can come across as arrogant. And mostly in the fields that we work with, we are dealing with problem behavior. Every now and then we get kids, don't we, Daddy, that don't have problem behavior. They're just, they have, they're doing well at school and their parents just want them to do better. But in general, we are dealing with challenging behavior and often it's extreme and dangerous behavior. So you better be damn sure that what you're doing is improving behavior and that you can justify that it's your intervention that's making the improvement. And my passion through my own journey, I guess, has really empowered me to demand accountability for those that work with kids with severe and challenging behavior. And my my catch cry is stolen from Jerry Maguire. And it's like, show me the data. Prove to me that the work you are doing is effective because in any other area of life, you know, that's a given. You buy a car, you take it back if it's not working, you buy a rotten apple, you're taking it back. But when it comes to working in health and often with kids, Parents don't feel comfortable asking those simple words. You know, is what you're doing really working? And in the early days, lots of what I was doing with my daughter was not working. From employing one therapist initially to work with her in the home, I eventually started a large project in Perth. And finally, I moved to the US and based myself in Indiana in a full-time ABA program. And I was really frustrated there by the lack of data and accountability in that program. So out of frustration, I attended a precision teaching conference and the rest is history. By coincidence, I met Dr. Kimberly Behrens, founding director of Fit Learning, and a decade-long journey of frustration and disappointment came to an end that day. She's been the most profound influence on my life and my daughter's life and the clients that I work with, and she's taught me more than I could ever have imagined about accountability and ethics and morals and the rights for parents to expect and demand answers. So bless you, Dr. K, if you're listening for all that you have done for me and for the clients that I work with and for the reason that I met Aditi. And Aditi, you have a journey as a parent as well. Indeed, I do. And Dr. Kim played an integral role in that. So I started my journey as a mum too, looking for solutions for my son. So that was about four years ago. I was in the thick of my doctorate degree and my eight-year-old was struggling in math at school. I'd been diagnosed with ADHD. And, you know, as a therapist and having all these resources at my fingertips, I really thought I could solve the problem. So I tapped into every traditional avenue I could think of, tutoring, coaching, therapy, and even resorted to medication, but nothing was working. He was sort of spiraling into this serious hatred for school. I'm not good at this. I'm never going to get it. It was harrowing as a mum, And it was around this time that I was also completing an ABA class on precision teaching applied to academic learning, i.e. fit learning. And I just knew, I was listening to Dr. Kim explain precision teaching and I was like, oh my gosh, this is exactly what Tristan needs. So I did not hesitate. I picked up the phone and I called her. She happened to answer. And you know the first words I said to her, Mandy? Don't hate me. I'm an OT. I just need some help for my son. 
Yeah. And it's interesting that I'm saying that now because it was such a powerful statement when I look back that I didn't care what she thought of me as an OT. I just wanted help. And I think I heard that in your story too. It was that desperation as a mom of finding solutions. So since it wasn't available in Chicago, I asked them if they would train me just so I could help Tristan. I had no other goals of opening a business. I just wanted help for him. So that's what happened. They trained me. I started working with Tristan. I saw the profound difference and I was like, oh my gosh, why isn't this in Chicago? They asked me to be an affiliate. So I opened my first lab in Chicago three years ago. And then I proceeded to open in Denver and now in London in the United Kingdom. But that's how, you know, I reached out to Mandy because we were one of the first few labs that opened. So Mandy, do you remember when I called you? You mean about the podcast? Yeah, I called you. I think it took me three years to figure this out, you know, between imposter syndrome and just trying to navigate life. I think it took me three years and literally you three minutes when I asked you to go on this journey with me. So what went through your mind when I asked you, Mandy? Well, it was perfect timing, Aditi. I'd just been addressing the issue that many of my clients with severe and challenging behaviour had funding for occupational therapy. But the parents I was working with were reluctant to use OTs because they didn't know how we could collaborate. You know, at Fit Learning, we really educate parents a lot about taking data to make sure they know what they're doing is working. And, you know, OTs can take quite a different perspective. So at the same time that this was all going through my head, I bumped into an old friend of mine, an occupational therapist, and she said to me, I really want to come and have a talk to you about some of the challenging behavior that I'm dealing with. I feel like my interventions could be more effective if I could get around the behavior. And I really want to learn how to take some data. So I felt like the world was talking to me. <laughs> all these OTs jumping out at me at the same time. And, you know, I realized from talking to you and to Maya that I really made a lot of judgments about what OT was and what it wasn't without really knowing enough about the field or understanding why occupational therapy, at least in this country, attracts so much government funding. While behavior analysis is seen really as an intervention only used for children with autism. And then... We get talking, Aditi, about handwriting and hamstrings and prerequisite skills or component skills, as we call it at Fit Learning. And you send me this amazing video of 100 years of history of OT, and I literally get goosebumps when I'm watching, you know, where this, your science comes from. Because my experience with OT is really sensory integration. And, you know, especially I did floor time with my daughter very early on. But as I start to read more and learn more from you, I start to get really excited about the underpinnings of OT and really how our vision is the same. And that is to engage people in meaningful pursuits and to help people overcome obstacles. And I am so excited about where this collaboration can go. You know, to show OTs that ABA is not just sitting at a table and chairs. And it certainly isn't what most people think ABA is. And that is discrete trial instruction or like repeated rote you know, questions over and over again. Oh gosh, it's so refreshing to hear you acknowledging OT just in the short time that we've started this conversation because I've been defeated for so long that I'd have to explain what the value of OT is and 
you know, it's about really listening to each other. And I know you don't agree with everything and you don't know everything. I get that. But the fact that you're willing to listen is really all I can ask and any one of us can ask. So actually, that brings me to what our next episode is about. The next one is actually about why can't we be friends? We're going to really talk about the myths and demystifying myths on both sides of the field. And then after that, we're going to jump into the next topic in the next episode, which is sensory versus behavior. That has to be the single most polarizing topic for OTs and ABAs. I'm so excited about doing that. That's going to be brilliant. We hope you're inspired and ready to start the journey with us. We've collected some videos on the history of OT and ABA, so see our show notes for links to these videos. Definitely. And, you know, I just want to put this out there for the OTs in accordance with AOTA's 2025 vision of IPC. I mean, OTs in general are very collaborative. That's within our training. It's within our scope of practice. And so I'm hoping that you all can join me on this journey, too, of considering the possibility that perhaps AB is much more than just sitting at the table, doing rote learning and delivering tokens, right? There's so much more there that we can learn and help each other on so hopefully you'll stay tuned peru from down under until next time bye-bye from the windy city